This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, March 18th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. March Madness for the Buckeyes today in less than two hours. Cannot wait. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, did have some questions from Bucknut subscribers that we want to get to. Uh, the first one being, basically, is Jim Knowles going to do sweeping changes right away to this defense, meaning beginning this spring, or is he going to kind of implement – his changes slowly. I mean, there's some serious changes they're going to make to this defense, as you know, Jay Book. Um, what do you think about that? You think Jim Knowles is going to gradually implement what he does, or you think he's just going to go um, full bore, kind of cold turkey? I think it's going to be a gradual process. However, I do think it's going to be a complete overhaul uh, when it comes to the defense. One of the things that really made me smile when the media talked to him uh, a few weeks back was he was a big proponent of rugby-style tackling. And I'm a huge proponent of rugby-style tackling. When Ohio State won the national championship under Chris Ash, that was was the technique that they used. To me, I think that was one of Urban Meyer's biggest uh, issues going going forward after that national championship was learning, uh, was getting getting away from the rugby-style tackling and having to learn a complete different set of techniques that's where you really started to see the defense to go downhill. But when it comes to Jim Knowles defense, it's it's a very complicated defense. You can't throw everything at these kids on top of trying to teach them technique and trying to teach them how to be better uh, football players on that defensive side of the football. Because from what I'm hearing, they're pretty much just knocking the house down to the studs and going to build it back up. And you have to take your time. You can't do that overnight. You have a lot of guys switching positions, um, a lot of guys learning the three safety high look that they're going to be implementing. So you first have to, one, get your get your techniques down, get your fundamentals down, because that needs to be completely overhauled. Then two, let's get the defense figured out because it's not going to be an easy defense to learn. Let's, let's let these kids gradually learn it. And so as far as an actual time frame, I will say they're not going to get – there's no way you're going to get all of that done in the spring. I'm I'm looking at fall camp to where you're starting to really have the defense um, picking up to where he wants them to be. And even then, that first game, you really can't throw a whole lot out. You have to let those guys continue to learn on the fly as the bullets are actually flying because you can only do so many practice reps – because the offense are only going to be able to give you so many looks. Once you start to get into the game and you've shown that you can actually master the fundamentals, 
that's when you start building on it. Got a question I want to get to. Um, which defensive end, this is from Nick, which defensive end will have the most sacks this season? What do you think, Jay? I'm, I'm, I'm going with JT Tuomalu. I just think that he's going to be a guy that's going to really explode onto the scene. I know Zach Harrison's back, but to me, I think we've all seen what we're going to probably get out of Zach. I, I, there's probably a little bit more juice left there to, that they're going to uh, be able to squeeze out of him. So I'm just going with JT. I think that uh, with him, he he came in late onto the scene. He wasn't able to really go through a full uh, Coach Mick transition. He's able to do that now. He actually has a spring underneath his belt. He's able to hit that, that weight room, and I just think that he's going to jump on the scene and, and be a beast this year. Another question here from Geodit42. I think Court Williams would be a breakout star in this new defense, he says. Do you agree? I think there's I, a heck of a chance, yes. What do you think? I think so. I mean, he to me, when you look at the safeties beside – Josh Proctor's a guy that likes to bring the boom to people, but he's a guy that can also miss because he likes to go out for the knockout kill. From what I saw from Court Williams – he was a he was a guy that will run through the actual ball carrier, meaning that he got his head head across, wrapped up, and he would just absolutely bulldog some people. I like his physicality, and I think he's going to find himself on the field playing a lot of football this year. Yeah, and, and there was a comment here about um, the biggest concern being actually on the offensive side of the ball that the running game last year. You know, they Buckeyes could not run the ball when they wanted to. Short yardage was not good. Here's what I'd say about that. Justin Fry will fix that. Just like I think Jim Knowles is going to fix the problems on defense. Um, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be overnight. But I think Justin Fry will alleviate those problems right there. So um, so there you go. Will we realistically have a spot for two defensive tackles going forward with Knowles's 4-2-5, style? I mean, he really plays one, usually plays like one nose guard, like a Tyleek Williams or a Jerron Cage, and then a strong side end, and then the, you know more like a, a weak side end with like a – Jack Sawyer with JT Tumalabi in the strong side end. Um, but he's going to mix things up. I think sometimes they will go with the four-man front. He's also going to have the Jack. It's basically a linebacker, or it's basically a defensive end. What do you think about that, Jonah? Yeah, I think he's going to mix a lot of looks up here. Um, the biggest thing that they are trying to implement is they want to be able to ones, they want to be able to dictate how the tempo and the flow of the game's going. And they want the offense to not really know what they are actually in. Um, so to me, I think you're going to get a variety of looks here. But for the most part, I wouldn't be surprised going forward that you start to see the, the defensive tackle recruiting start to trend off a little bit because you're not going to be utilizing as many guys. They're going to be having uh, a lot of those long lengthy outside linebackers also playing up on the line of scrimmage. So I, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of recruiting change when it comes to your defensive front. All right, let's go to one more question. Then we'll get to some, uh, we'll get to some basketball here in a minute, but um, who are the top four D tackles in order? Ed Rogers wants to know. I mean, I'll go, I mean, I think Tylee Williams, uh, Jerron Cage, I'll go uh, Teron Vincent. And then uh, who's the fourth? Um, I don't know. Who do you think the four? I mean, first of all, do you agree with my top three? And who do you think the fourth is? I do. I, yeah, I think your I think your top three is absolutely spot on. Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, you you could switch number two and number three around because I know those those guys uh, at the combine 
they they were really big on Vincent, thought that he was poised to have an actual breakout year. So I wouldn't be surprised if you could switch your two and three around. But yeah, your four, Mike Hall, he's he's a guy that definitely needs to put on a little bit more weight, but he he's a workaholic. I think he's someone that can absolutely splash on the scene. All right, Lod, we'll get to another football question. Maybe we'll do more football. Everybody loves football. We're in the middle of March Madness. Hey, I I love football too. I, I love them both. Um, what is your take on our DBs looking back at the ball or not? We have a former collegiate defensive back on the show. Guess what? That's not me. That's Jay Book. Um, Jay Book, for those who don't know, played at Ohio University, uh, played in the secondary. What do you think? I love that they're looking back for the ball, but I think they're oh, going to do both. Oh, both my here. goodness. Punch through sometimes, but usually get back to the ball. <laughs> Man, <laughs> get your head around and find a football. I, I'm a huge proponent of locating the football. I, yes, a lot of people are going to say you can lose uh, your faith, what they call as a phase. So whenever you're out there in coverage with a guy, typically you're looking at the eyes to see if the ball's coming. But there's always two type of techniques that a defensive coach is going to coach. Your really old school coaches like your Combs and your Shiano, those type of guys, their technique is play the eyes. And then when you see the eyes looking up, the wide receiver hands are going to come up. And as the wide receiver hands come up, they teach you to punch through. The thing is, whenever you do that type of technique, you're more susceptible for pass interference and not locating the actual football. And so you, what you will see a lot of times, Wide receivers just come over the top on our defensive backs and just grabbing those balls. The other technique that a lot of people are going to play is when you're in coverage, locate where the ball is at. And I'm a huge proponent of that because if you can get your eyes around, find where the actual football is at, you're going to be able to get your hand on the football. Thus, you're going to be able to create more turnovers. And that was what we saw under Chris Ash. Halfley is a big proponent of finding the football. And I, I, yes, you're going to give up bigger plays playing that type of technique, but you're also going to give your op, your offense the opportunity to get the ball back more because you're going to be able to force more turnovers. All right, as promised, let's talk some hoops. Buckeyes, first game of the day. I love that because you get to – hopefully they win, and then we can just relax the rest of the day and watch the rest of the game instead of waiting around till like, 9 o'clock. Um I like that they're in an underdog role here because everybody, even though it's a pick em game, they're not really an underdog. Everybody that you listen to on TV, you know, like Seth Davis and Jay Billis, like heavy hitters were basically saying, oh, terrible matchup for Ohio State. Maybe it is. I mean, I think any 10 seed would have been a tough matchup for them. I didn't want to see them play a super athletic team that was great offensively because they're not a good defensive team at all, Jay Book, Buckeyes. Um, I'm going to pick them to win a very close game today. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you you mentioned the other team offensively, but Loyola, they are uh, a very efficient shooting team. They're seventh in the country when it comes to uh, shooting the basketball, 55% from the the three-point line. I think Ohio State's going to have issues with Lucas Williamson uh, for for Loyola. To me, these mid-majors, they're dangerous, Dave. And we're seeing it already. You have these mid-major guys who've been playing three and four years together. And once they and once they start playing together, those guys know how to actually play at a high level once tournament time comes. To me, I just think that Ohio State, 
They have to come out and start fast. We don't know which Ohio State team is going to come uh, come out and play. Unfortunately for me, I picked Loyola in my bracket because the way Ohio State finished down the stretch there, it, it didn't instill a lot of confidence in me. And a lot of people are wondering if Chris Holt is going to be on a hot seat if he loses this game. I think he'll have one more year uh, left with that upcoming recruiting class in order to make sure that he can get those guys in and make one last run. I agree with you. I know people want to know that. We had a Bucknut subscriber that wanted to know about that. Um, and we've had, you know, questions here on the live broadcast about that. If they lose today, is Holtman's job is Holtman's job in jeopardy? The answer is no, in my opinion. Um, Gene Smith's going to give him another year. Now, if we're sitting here a year from now and there's a possibility of them and they're not, they didn't win the Big Ten championship and they're one and done, perhaps in the NCAA tournament. That's a different discussion in my book. But he's got three years left on his contract, guaranteed money. Um, he's well liked within the athletic department, but it's a bottom line business. He eventually is going to have to get to the second week of the tournament at the very least. He's going to have to win Big Ten championships. That's a standard at Ohio State. Not every year, but like roughly every five years, you should be doing that at Ohio State. Um, and then, you know, every once in a while, make a deep I'm run in the tournament. Um, but I do not think his, his job is on the line if they lose today. One problem they'll say about the recruiting class coming in next year, if they lose Malachi Branham, hopefully he comes back, but sounds like he's projected as a first-round pick now, so I bet he leaves. They're going to lose EJ Liddell. Then you put all of that on this recruiting class, and while they're very good, they're not like Thad Five good. You know, they're not like Fab Five good or Thad Five good. They're good. They're really good. But I don't think they can just come in and be like a superstar team with this freshman class. Anyway, uh, speak more about that, Jay. Well, and if you want to talk about freshmen having to rely on freshmen, look no further than Kentucky. You see what happened to them and Coach Cal. He's been he's been relying on freshmen for years, always going out, getting, you know, top two, top three recruiting classes and relying on those younger guys. And once tournament time comes, they aren't ready to play. They're just not. And they, anytime they run against a team that's been playing together for years, they usually struggle. Uh, to me, it this ha- this almost feels like a must-win game for Holtman today. You can't a, a program like Ohio State. Yes, football is the bread and butter there, but there's no reason why the basketball program cannot be elite. I mean, there Gene is willing to give him all of the resources possible. You can't go back-to-back years getting bounced out of the tournament in the first round to mid-majors. That's just going to be a very bad look. I mean, you look at the fan base right now, Dave, I would say 50% is for him. 50% thinks he should be fired after this year. If he loses again today, I I think this is going to be really trending towards more people losing a lot more faith in him and stop giving him the benefit of doubt. But as you mentioned, you start losing some of your key players this year. And you're going to be relying on a lot of freshmen. And what's the excuse next year? Oh, he has a bunch of freshmen. Give him more time. Can you give him more time if, if he can't get it done this year? He can't get it done next year because he has a young team. So it's going to be a, a very long offseason when it comes to the basketball program if they lose today. Uh, Gene Smith's going to have to have some tough conversations. I don't think Holtman will be fired. I think Gene will at least give him one crack at the bat with this recruiting class. And if he can't make it to the Sweet 16 next year, then I think he's in trouble. You know what's crazy about March, though? He's two wins away from being the toast of Columbus, getting a contract extension maybe. Can you imagine that? If they win today, 
They beat Villanova. I know, right? Probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, both things. But, man, stranger things have happened. And can you imagine that? If they get to the Sweet 16, how quickly the narrative changes. I mean, the bar's low right now for him. <laughs> I mean, for for most Ohio State fans, I think a lot of Ohio, Ohio State fans would just be happy to see them win one game. I mean, if you can get if you can get to the Sweet Sixteen, uh, you know, Ohio State fans are going to come running out the bar scene if they if they uh, beat Villanova. Um, but I, I tell you what, though, he has an opportunity to really right the ship here. He's getting some guys back supposedly for this game. Who's been banged up all year? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, but the thing is, yes, you're getting those guys back, but how healthy are they? Are they in any type of basketball shape? This Villa or this Loyola team, they're going to push them to the wire. I would not be surprised if this is a game that comes comes down to the last minute here. Um, this little sister Jean and company, they know how to play some basketball over there, and it's unfortunate that Ohio State got them with the first draw. But if he can win two games here, I think he would definitely be safe. Um, when it comes to saying, hey, at least we made it to the Sweet 16. We had a lot of injuries that we dealt with, so we weren't able to really play the way I thought we could play. We made it to the Sweet 16. We got a great recruiting class coming in next year. Just give me more time to continue to build this. But that's that's a whole a whole lot of hypothetical. He has to go out and actually prove that he can get this team into the Sweet 16 this year. All right, we're about what? Hour and a half away from tip-off. Let's go Buckeyes. Let's go Buckeyes. Come on. Prove Jay Book wrong. I know Jay Book's going to be rooting for Ohio State. Look at him. Look at him. He's wearing his hey, last man. I, 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 I want him to win. I want him to win. And, uh, hey, and I would be real business, man. You got to go with you got to go with your head in the pool and then today you'll go <laughs> either way you win then, right? Uh, exactly. I'm hedging my bets here. I'm in I'm in a, I'm in like four or five brackets. I think I have a house. I think I have a house state uh, winning in about two of them. But the biggest one with the biggest money pot, I had to put. I had to pick Loyola. I had to go with my with my uh, logic here to think to say, hey, this Ohio State team was struggling coming down the stretch. They're going against a Loyola team that can absolutely light it up from uh, beyond the arch. And if Ohio State aren't ready, they can absolutely lose this team. And that's just not me talking out the side of my neck. Vegas even says that this game is, is pretty much a pick em right now. So anytime you have a, a major Big Ten brand like Ohio State in a pick em game against a mid-major, that tells you right there this is going to be a battle. But the money is going the way of the Buckeyes because when it came out, Loyola was all of a one-point favorite. So <laughs> it's now, yeah. as you said, I checked it just to make sure because I did a story the other day and it was a pick em. I did a story for the site and it was a pick em. And I checked this morning, it's still a pick em. Literally a 50-50, although I shouldn't say literally a 50-50 game. If you believe in the basketball power index from ESPN, Ohio State has a 51.5% chance of winning this game. I mean, seriously, though, on paper, this is as close to a coin flip game as you can get, so it should be fun today. Hopefully the Buckeyes can disappoint Sister Jean and the Ramblers. J-Book never disappoints anybody. Uh, great stuff from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it. We appreciate all of the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Thank you very much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 